The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay, welcome back. So before we start <clears throat> with the uh, material in the afternoon, I wanted to, to offer an opportunity um, for any reflections or questions that might have come up from um, either practicing over lunch with the uh, um, guided meditation instructions or as you were engaging with each other and and conversing or maybe something that has come up from this morning's practices uh, that has now settled and resonated. Any questions or comments before we move on to the afternoon? Oh, yes. Mike, please. I noticed that um, I am much more afraid of the deaths of people around me and of living, of experiencing pain while I am alive and those I love experiencing pain. I just thought that was interesting that other people's deaths seems much scarier to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And... <coughs> Thanks for raising that. And it's interesting because when we talk about death, it's it's not just our own, but the ones that are close and dear to us. And, and also, as I was saying, the more comfortable we become with our own death, actually the more comfortable we become with losing others. Um, and sometimes it's also said that the grief that we have when we lose people that we care about and we love um, and grief for others is actually a reflected grief of the, the the grief for loss of ourselves, which may not quite be seen. So it all ricochets back in a way, and and so um, so the practice of the mindfulness of death in general um, is is in both directions. It's, it's our own impermanence, but also their impermanence too. To also consider that people that we care for and love, they are impermanent and they will um, pass away perhaps unexpectedly just as we might. So it, it, it's, it's 360, it's, it's a uh, um, natural condition and also as you were saying, what's become clear for you is the second arrows that are more clear for you, the second, the first arrow is what life gives you, and the second arrow in these teachings is what we bring, um, the reactions there, that we bring to the situation. So the fear of loss, or what am I going to do, or what's going to, uh, just the sense of um, the, 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 the reactions. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. You had a hand up here too, right? Uh, for me, it was a very strong craving I was like well if I'm going to die I would die having pleasant sensations so I'm going to eat this bite of this really tasty thing I'm going to walk and find coffee and be happy so I, fa- I found this very strong sensation of craving yeah, an yeah. attachment to that feeling of oh I'm going to die I'm going to do this and then okay if I die it's okay if I die feeling happy interesting 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would bring curiosity to that. <laughs> I would just bring a lot of curiosity to that and say, okay, all right, so what's this about? Let's check it out. And investigate it. Be curious. I think, I think there's something there. I think there's some. There's more there. Yeah, I invite you to. Yeah, it's. I, I don't want to say more about it, but it seems interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had mentioned a near-death experience that you had, and it brought to mind one that I've had that I completely forgot about. Um, and I was just wondering if there's something of value there or some practices around those types of experiences that could um, be useful, productive. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you asking that question because it really, having had those experiences, and, and many of us might have had experiences like this. In fact, over lunch, I was talking with Ludwig. If I, can I, sh- is it okay to share? Um, that, that I think, um, yeah, one day when you were riding a bike and you were feeling good and healthy, it was a beautiful day and, and didn't even realize um, that you were having a, um, a stroke. And later the doctor said, oh, you're really, really lucky. So you never know what's going to happen, right? You're ha- feeling great. You're on a day long, like, oh, you can have an aneurysm, right? You know, anything can happen anytime. So the way to use these experiences and, and one that you've had and I've had is like, you know, I didn't go to Patagonia to die, right? That was not part of the plan, but I could have very well died, very well. Could have really easily happened in that incident. Um, Or so many other things. We don't plan for these. So really grokking, contemplating, wow, it's... There is no plan. And and what... what, um, One thing that I've shared with you in the handout, uh, the second part of the handout... Um, the um, Buddhist contemplations, Tibetan Buddhist contemplations on death from the 11th century Buddhist scholar Atisha. These are called the Atisha contemplations. Um, as you look at them, you know the first one is death is inevitable. Um, but further down, as you see, um, human life expectancy is uncertain. Ah, this aspect of uncertainty we really, really don't know. Um, or number three, death will come whether or not we are prepared for it. Whether or not you're prepared, it's going to come. It's not like you're going to plan, it's going to show up when, yeah, well, don't come until I'm 100 years old, and, uh, it's like I've done these projects. It's just, you cannot plan for it, etc., um, etc. Et but, that, so, so, to answer your question, yes, I think the power of having gone something through that and, and realized how how could have already happened. Um, it's not so far away. And I think another way that for me it also flips <clears throat> is it feels like um, the rest of my life from that moment on is already a gift. Maybe I wasn't supposed to live. Maybe somehow... You know, it just seems like the sense of entitlement now cannot be here. As uh, Stephen Cave put it in earlier, as I, the, as I shared, it's amazing that this story is ever written, is being written already. It's not, 
sense of expectation or entitlement, well, why should it end? It's like, what? Well, this is already a gift. Thanks. Other reflections? Yeah, please. So I was reflecting on how I feel in some ways less fearful about not being here or dying as I do about spending my old age alone and ill and in a bad nursing home with nobody there to visit me. And, and it's, it's more of always, and that's pretty present for me, is like, what's going to happen when I'm you know, 90 and, and I have no children? Right. Um, and I think what was really helpful today was to think about that I have, that's really presuming I would ever get there, right. you know? <laughs> and like, why worry about that? Because it could happen anytime. <laughs> yeah. And so to stop putting so much energy into that fear yeah. and to just live more in the present, I guess. Love it. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Really, we don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen. We, we assume that we do, but we just really don't know. Um, yeah, there is um, this Korean Buddhist master, Sansaname, who's one of uh, who's teaching. One of his famous teachings is, is the Dono Mind, and he's famous for having said Dono. Like the question, uh, as as yogis would ask him questions, he would say Dono. So Dono, just really, we just don't know. We just don't know. So when your mind comes up with these images of, oh, this will happen, that will happen, I invite you to conjure up Sansani. Don't know. Really. So speaking of don't know, I think this might be the perfect time to get into our don't know uh, exploration. So, so there is so much that we don't know and um, there is also a lot that we don't know about death. And also, we each have different ways that we hold and relate to not knowing. So for this next part of our time together, our, our um, exploration together, I'd like to invite us in an interactive dyad exploration in not knowing. So this is how we're going to set this one up, how this is done. So we will get into groups of two. uh, And the format of this is going to be um, a repeating question. So... How many of you are familiar already with the format of repeating question in a dyad? A few of you. Okay, great. So I'll explain it. So the way this is going to work is the following. You will have a partner. You'll sit in front of each other. One person will be person A. The other will be person B. And person A will be repeating a question well, we'll actually, it will, it will be repeating the question over and over again, and the person B will, will, each time the question is asked, will drop the question in and see what comes up. So 
the invitation is not to try to answer the question from your head, to think about it, but really, as they speak the question, you drop it into your body and you let it resonate and see what comes up. And something will come up in the moment that might actually even surprise you. What comes up might really surprise you. You may not expect, wow, okay. And you will say it out loud to the other person. And and it's a very formal practice. So the person, uh, A, will say, will ask the question. You'll drop it in person B as the person who's responding. You'll respond. And then person A will say, thank you. And that will close that loop. And again, the person A will ask the question again, one more time. And it will repeat. So let me give you an example of how the interaction will go. Um, so the first question, there are three questions we will work together. The first question we'll start with is, is, tell me one way you experience not knowing. Tell me one way you experience not knowing. And it's important, by the way, to ask the questions exactly as I phrase them. No, don't change them, uh, the wording. Tell me one way you experience not knowing. So... Let's say you're set up, and let's say you're, um, so person A will say, tell me one way you experience not knowing. Person B might say, hmm, I experience it as uncertainty. It kind of feels weak in my body. Thank you. Tell me a way you experience not knowing. I experience not knowing as an opening lots of possibilities. Thank you. Tell me a way you experience not knowing. Hmm, I really don't like not knowing. I like to, to be the know-it-all. That's, that's my identity. Thank you. Tell me a way you experience not knowing. I'm drawing a blank. Thank you. Tell me a way you experience not knowing. I don't know, and this question is starting to get on my nerves. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me a way you experience not knowing. Oh, I feel like I'm going deeper now. Oh, there was some resistance, but now I'm going under it. Ah, this unknowing. Wow, it's unsettling for me. Thank you. Tell me a way you experience not knowing. You, do you get how this goes? Yeah. So you'll just keep asking, and you'll go through stages of uh, drawing a blank. You tell me a way you experience it. You draw, drop it again, and you might find yourself in surprising places. Okay, and then after a certain amount of time, I'll ring the bell, and we'll pause, and we will switch. And person B will be asking, and person A will be responding. Okay, and then there are two more questions after that that I will give you that we will work through. Any questions about the format? Yes, please. Uh, I noticed in your answers you just stated the feeling yeah. and not the situation in which you might have the feeling. Uh-huh. I hear my head saying, when I don't know about this, I feel that way. When I don't know about this other thing, I feel that way. So I wondered if we should keep our answers general or if we can say in certain situations there's this feeling and others there's that feeling. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good question. I appreciate you bringing it up. So um, what can make this 
exercise feel perhaps more alive is the um, the feeling in the body in the moment. Because if you start to think about you know get heady about all the situations in which that it it becomes kind of cognitive exercise, and we're trying to keep it very embodied to see what comes up. How do you experience it? How do you how how do you really experience it? Like I experience as the so. You see the difference I'm trying to to bring up, yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? Okay. And if you came here with someone, I recommend, I ask you to not be in a dyad with them. Be in a dyad with somebody else. And it's best to be on the same level, all on the floor or on the chair. So please, find a partner whom you haven't worked with today. Pause, and now switching again, and now a second question. What's good about not knowing? What's good about not knowing? Thank you. So, please start. Pause. Taking a pause. And now the third question. Tell me something you don't know about death. Tell me something you don't know about death. Yeah? That you don't know. Exploring not knowing. Tell me something you don't know about death. Thank you. Taking a pause. And now, this is going to be for a few minutes an open conversation with your partner as to what was it like to share and hear them share. What did you notice about engaging in this way? What came up for you in this exploration of not knowing? Please. No, it is it is coming. So, so what did you uh, what did you notice? What did you learn? What did you realize? What what struck you? What insights arose? Okay, hands were shooting up. Let's start it over here. Um, so the first round about. Um, not knowing and how I experience all that was expected. I had thought about it a lot as I don't like to not know. But the second part about what's good about not knowing, I was very surprised that there are so many good things about not knowing. And I was very happy at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, right? Our expectations are our framework, what we think we know and then you change your perspective. And surprise. It's all about the ways of seeing. Yeah, please. 
I, I wanted to share um, how Eric and I had, there was so much reciprocity, sort of like, um, and, and not feeling lonely in that space in a way, right? And, and there was just so much that we couldn't put in language, but it was in a way shared experience of that same space of not knowing. Yeah, nice. And as you say that, I see other people nodding. Shared space? How many people felt a shared space? Is there, yeah, yeah, lots of shared space and they're not knowing. Thanks for bringing that up, yeah. What else? Especially if you haven't spoken yet. I was almost more interested in my reactions to Morgan, what Morgan would say. Like it was more, it seemed more spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Like I could, I would, I would get in the habit of almost pre, like coming up with answers before just to have them ready to go. But when she spoke, that my reaction was spontaneous and that was almost more interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that the, the, the unexpected is what kind of uh, opens opens things up in a way. And so based on what you said, one recommendation, one invitation that I would have for you when um, if you do something like this, similar to this again, to to not plan, to not have an answer ready for yourself. Really step into the space of the unknown, right? And it's... It's like improv, right? The life is improv. We're not always prepared. So intentionally when an answer comes and you want to be ready, let that one go. And then let the person, when they say the answer, kind of have this moment of deer in the headlight. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then see what comes out. That'll be this, this headspace I'm in when I die, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and hence the preparation for it of actually... Uh, in feeling comfortable in that space of not knowing. Um, because we, through our training, through our lives, being prepared, always having answers, and knowing is, is the comfortable space. So kind of jiggling ourselves out of that comfort zone. Yeah, thank you. And, and in some ways, Morgan's answers kind of jiggle you out of that space because you don't know what was coming up. And, then, and the next invitation would be for you to, to do that for yourself. Yeah, thank you. What else? Some more hands going up. I've lost track. You haven't spoken yet. Please, you're invited. Please. Well, I hope Ellen and you doesn't have to like hold it like this, please. Like this? Yeah, actually, this way. Like an ice cream. Yeah, there. Like a like an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there. Well, perfect. With my partner, and we were also discussing. Um, that there are so many things after death that, you know, if we have gone through the death of a loved one that we have both experienced, and I also have spoken with a number of my friends who have lost people dear to them. And sometimes it is incredible the way that hopefully it's true communication and not something that we hope for so much, and so that's the way it is. Um, But I'll tell you one experience that I personally had. um, I was 30. My husband died when he was 37, and it was a very sudden cerebral aneurysm. So he was gone probably within 36 hours. But I remember after he passed, not too long afterward, um, and I was grieving, and um, 
very young at the time. Well, at 30, I think I considered myself pretty young. So, um, but I remember that there was this fragrance of roses. It was very strong throughout the whole house. And I knew that there was not a rose in that house. Mm. And the last time I remember was um, that my husband had gotten me some roses because he would sometimes just give them to me periodically. And I think the last time his reason was they were a bargain. Mm. <laughs> but I couldn't explain it. Mm. And other things have happened and other mm-hmm. things have happened to yeah. people and friends and family that I know. So, you know, I don't like to close the door that just yeah. because someone is gone that you yeah. cannot somehow communicate with them because there have been so many inexplicable things, not just in my life, but mm-hmm. in many others that, that I know yeah. of. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing this aspect of the mystery into into the room. We really don't know. We don't so know. We, it's not fair to say, yes, it is this way, or no, it is not that way, because we really don't know. No. We really don't know. I mean, there is so much mystery to this being human. So much mystery. Death I love is, that. It, right? So, so it, it's presumptuous, actually, to, to have any fixed view, either the scientific materialistic. As a scientist, for years I had that view, and now I think it's so presumptuous because we really, really don't know. Even this being alive, this being here, if we really bring our awareness to it, this is amazing, that we're sitting here, we're conscious, we're aware. What is this thing? Being alive, being aw- it, it, it's its incredible. We, there's so much we don't even know. We think we know, yeah, 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 Big Bang. Like, But even that, I mean, there's so much we don't know about this, this life. Most of the universe is dark matter. We don't know what it is. It's just really don't know. So I appreciate you bringing this sense of mystery of really who knows so not saying yes or no or it's this or it's that not reifying not not making it fixed i love this word reification to make fixed let's not make things fixed thank you beautiful what else you discovered What surprised you? Yeah. I think I think this came up last time. Um, uh, last time you did this day long. Thank you so much, Nikki. Sure. But was this compassion for myself, or this being, because I have no idea, and it I'm very freaked out and that then to feel the compassion from from to step outside of that and then to look at this being who is really hanging on for dear life sometimes when yeah. contemplating some of these is freaked out and to feel yeah. that mm. like it's this is intense and it's a lot and it yeah. can be lonely and scary and all a lot of lot of things and I and so I feel that for myself in this moment, and then I can feel it for all of us. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, thanks for bringing that in, Morgan, about a sense of compassion that arises with, with 
seeing the rope burn, the hanging on for dear life, and the panic, and ah, and and the particular viewpoint that we have, that so much suffering arises. And, and to also perhaps hold their sense of openness, the openness and freedom of the don't know. This being is so much more mysterious and mir- miraculous that we know. This being is more amazing than we know it to be. This person who was me, I don't quite know. Right? I'm still discovering, and I assume I know where I've come from, where I'm going, and laugh at life, and but I just don't know. So, and with compassion for that not knowing and getting into knots of suffering. Yeah. Thank you. Briefly. I believe I expressed some of my worst fears about dying and death. So it doesn't seem so bad now. (laughs) Interesting. So to have expressed them, and I was like, okay. Not so bad. Nice. If that's one thing that came out of this whole day, yay, I'm happy for you. So related to that is... um, um, Okay, so I did mention one thing, and um, uh, as a result, I am clearer now what what I could do in order not to have my worst fear realized Mm. Mm -hmm. at the moment of death. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Okay, any last thoughts? Anything you'd like to bring into the room to feel complete before we take our break? Okay. So, we are going to take actually a 20-minute walking meditation break. And this is what I like to invite you for this period of walking meditation to do. You each should have a sheet, right? In the first part of the sheet, there are the five daily contemplations. And in the second part of the sheet, there are the Atisha contemplations. So my recommendation is to go outside and take these contemplations for a walk with you. And the way I invite you to do this contemplation, this period of practice, is take the sheet with you and you can do either the first practices, the set of practices, or second set, or or both of them, and just read one, kind of drop it in, and, and walk. And just walk with it. Just really breathe with it, walk with it, as if you're carrying it in your heart. Maybe the first one. Ah, just like everyone, I'm of the nature to age. I have not gone beyond aging. Ah, really take that in. Or when you get to the the second one, I'm of the nature nature to sicken. I have not gone beyond sickness, etc., etc. So either the first set or the second set, um, or both sets, um, just dropping each of them in and walking with them. Okay, any questions? Yeah, please. Is it in demo? Where can we get one? 
Uh, right there on the, yeah, on the chair. Great. Okay. So, so let's see. So let's come back. So let's make it just 15 past. Let's come back at 15 past. Okay? Enjoy your walk.